Hey everybody, welcome to Bradley's Chat. I'm Bradley, and today, in the second episode, we're going to continue our discussion of the Lannisters. Today we're going to be talking about their NCUs, their unit attachments, and their tactics cards. Future episodes, we'll, we'll dive into um, things you can do in specific tactics versus like Flayed Men, versus Night's Watch units, versus Starks, and we'll um, start taking a look at some of the things that they can do that are very threatening to us and how we can counter them. But today, um, sit back, relax, we're just going to talk about uh, the Lannisters, the greatest house in all of Westeros, most powerful, um, the best faction in the game, and we can beat anybody, and uh, we can even do it without breaking a sweat. So here we go. Um, let's talk about NCUs. We already covered in the first episode the Old Sparrow, the... Uh, the commander NCU available to the Lannisters. So now we're going to look at the other four. We're, again, we're going to stay away from all the neutrals at this time and just focus on Lannisters. First up we have the Imp, Tyrion Lannister. He costs four points. He, he's a tactical mastermind, so when you, when you decide to take the Imp in your army, your tactics hand expands from three cards to four cards, and you can always drop to four cards. He also comes with um, two order tokens, and they can they can be used to uh, whenever he plays one. Your opponent has to reveal two tactics cards to you, and you get to choose to discard one of those. So, if your opponent's down to two tactics cards, and and things are getting fun, and the game's going. You know, everybody's starting to get engaged, and you look over there, and your opponent only has two or three tactics cards, and you're worried about things like sudden advance, or uh, you know, sudden charge, or um, take the black, or uh, whatever the one is that the Night Watch have that uh, allows them to um, remove one of their NCUs from the board so they can reactivate them later. If you're worried about Amon doing some extra healing shenanigans. Well, you have a good shot. Just uh, feel free and, and um, just drop an order token down and uh, ask to see two of their cards and discard discard the one that looks the nastiest to you. So that's Tyrion. So just like his commander, he's he's in den he's a denial. He's into denial. But um, the extra tactics card might not seem like a big deal, but it's kind of a big deal. Um, the more tactics cards you have in your hand, the more options there are available to you. Um, to use in various situations throughout the game. Um, if two people are playing and one guy's got five cards and one guy has two, um, generally speaking, the the advantage goes to the guy with five, as insofar as um, options available to him for that turn or that round, what have you. Next up, at four points as well, is Tywin Lannister. Um, we talked about him in the previous episode. He's a commander that, that always put weakened tokens on enemies when he activated, and he also gave the unit Lannister supremacy. He's one of my favorite commanders. NCU-wise, not so much. Um, his only thing is, aside from being able to claim a, a zone on a tactics board, is once per game at the start of any turn, choose one enemy combat unit, and that unit becomes panicked, vulnerable, and weakened. And any attachments on that unit lose all abilities until the end of the round. I mean, sure, we'd love to be able to, to play this on a certain unit at a given point in the game, but games are so fluid and, and so many things happen that, I mean, 
spending four points to to just do it one time just seems a bit pricey to me. Um, just not really a big fan of his NCU card. Then again, I'm still new, so maybe you know a year from now I'll swear by him. But but as of right now, in limited experience, not really a big fan of uh, this guy as far as an NCU goes. Love him, love him as a commander, but just not a big fan as far as uh, NCUs go. Next up, coming in at four points is you know the uh, the one everybody loves to hate, Cersei Lannister. What she does is, um, once you activate her and, you, and she claims the zone on the tactics board, you can attach her card to an enemy unit, and that unit's going to suffer minus two to morale test rolls for the rest of the game. So we talked about Lannister supremacy. We talked about um, the ability to force panic tests on the enemy in their turn. Well, this only helps you um, increase your chances to cause wounds on the enemy by you know putting another minus two to that roll so you know when, when you force a panic test by taking the crown on the tactics board it's a negative one um, if if you play Cersei put her on the crown um, and you attach your card to like say you have Flayman they have a morale of six so with the crown that's to be minus three which means they're gonna have to roll a nine on two dice to um, pass their panic test which is kind of hard to do so um, search is a good card to put on those kind of units you know those units maybe with with above average armor saves um, or units you have a hard time wounding for whatever reason she can also offset you know if, if the enemy's got Brendan Tully you know who, who's stalwart so he gets plus two to the morale roll of, of a unit um, say Brendan Tully's in a unit of great axes great axe have morale six and Brennan Tully's in there with a minus with a with a plus two. Um you can counter Brennan Tully. That's a good thing you can do as well. But I love Cersei always take her because it seems like late in the game when you know you've got quite a bit of attrition going on, on both sides, you've got you know, you got a pretty good shot of um and I've done it of just finishing off units or, you know, rendering them ineffective basically with just panic tests. So I always take Cersei. She's she's pretty much the mainstay, and plus she's like a main character in the book. She's the she's the one everybody loves to hate. So I mean, you gotta take Cersei if you're playing a Lannister army. You gotta take Cersei. Finally, coming at three points is Pycelle, Grand Meister. His ability is um, when he ever he claims a tactic zone, one enemy combat unit becomes weakened, and we've seen. Um, how if you have Tywin as a commander and he likes to make people weakened when he activates and his tactics cards that we went over um, have added effects if you expend weakened tokens off the enemy so taking Pycelle with Tywin is, is almost like a no-brainer but you can take Pycelle with anybody um, say you're playing a 40-point game and and you've got the combat units just the way you like them and, and you've got Cersei or you've got you know Tyrion as your NCU and you only got three points left and you're sitting there with one in the NCU. I mean Pycelle's not a bad option for anybody because um, that's kind of how you win the game too is you hold objectives, you score victory points, but also you win the game by uh, smothering the enemy with as many tokens as you can. 
Um, weakened tokens are very good. Um, a unit, say a unit has eight attacks hitting on threes. Well, now they're going to have, um, you know, they're going to do their attack. They have to reroll all those successes if you expend the weakened token. Um, Tyrion's attachment, as we'll see later. Um, say you've got a weakened token on an enemy and Tyrion's attacking that unit. Um, one of Tyrion's orders as an attachment allows you to treat any condition token as any other condition token. Meaning, um, Pycelle drops a weakened token on a unit of Sworn Swords. Um, Tyrion's unit is attacking them. Say, um, you know, um, the he's got a pretty good shot at knocking out that unit, but they do a pretty good job with their saves. Well, Tyrion's order can, can expend that weakened token and treat it like it's a vulnerable token. So, don't necessarily take him just for the weakened token. Take him just for the fact you can put tokens on the enemy because that's a big deal. Um, so that rounds out the NCUs for the Lannisters. Um, I've taken them all and loved them all except for Tywin. Like I said, love Tywin as a commander, but I'm just not sold on him as an NCU. I mean, I can see where it could be great to put all those conditions on one enemy unit, but only once per game. I mean, a lot happens in six rounds. A lot happens, um, at least in the games I've played. And uh, I just think I would prefer to take an NCU that had a reoccurring effect. And that does it for the NCUs. When we come back, we're going to look at the um, briefly look at the Lannister tactics cards. Okay, so welcome back. Um, so we're going to go through the Lannister tactics cards now and talk about some good good situations and when you can use them and just pretty much brag about how great they are and everybody wishes they had our tactics deck. So first up is Intrigue and Subterfuge. When an enemy non-combat unit activates, that NCU loses all abilities until the end of the round. If you control the crown, one opponent must also randomly discard a tactics card. So if you got this card in your hand, this is great for uh, holding your hand and waiting for like uh, that pesky Amon of the Night's Watch to, uh, to activate. Um, you know, he's going to go for the money bags and, and try to bring back, you know, six dead uh, Night's Watchmen. You know, try to bring them back to life. Well, you can block half of them just by playing this card. You can't, you can't necessarily, uh, you're not going to stop anybody from claiming a zone or the abilities of that zone with this card. But you are going to stop their abilities. Um, I think Roderick has some good abilities for the Starks as far as like... You know, if the opponent has the swords, they also, you know, get something else really nasty they can do to you in, in, melee, in melee. Well, this is a good card for him as well. I mean, it's just a great card. And you get two of them in your deck. Next up is a Lannister pays his debts. So, when a friendly unit is destroyed, one enemy becomes panicked and one enemy becomes vulnerable. And you can select the same enemy unit for both of them. So, you can make one enemy unit panicked and vulnerable. If you control, control the money, you can also return one other discarded tactics card to your hand. So, I mean, say you played uh, Intrigue and Subterfuge. You know, previously you play this card, um, you can bring Intrigue and Subterfuge back to your hand. If you control the money bags. Next card is going to be Wealth of the Rock. 
When a friendly combat unit is attacked, after attack dice are rolled, that unit gains plus one to defense save rolls this attack. If you control the money, you also automatically block D3 hits. So, I mean, this is another great one. Um, say you're locked in a, you know, death match with um, Flaidman. And, you know, they have such a low armor save, you're having a hard time whittling them down. But you got to hold them in place so they don't, you know, turn your flank and start chewing up the rest of your units. Um, this card is a great card to play. It'll, it'll take your guardsmen from a 3-plus armor save to a 2-plus armor save. I mean, imagine guardsmen with a 2-plus armor save that automatically block D3 hits. I mean, that's, that's just nasty, so that's a really good card. Next card up, Paid Mutiny. When an enemy combat unit activates, that unit must pass a morale test or its attachments loses all abilities until the end of the round and that unit suffers D3 wounds. And if you control the money, they suffer minus 2 to their roll. And if they fail, they suffer three wounds instead of rolling. So, you know, say the enemy unit has Cersei's card attached to her. So, you know, say it's a unit of Flaidman and they're, they have a morale of six, but they have a minus two from Cersei. Say they have another minus one from, you know, being within short range of a corpse pile. And you control the money and you play this card on them, they're ne another negative two. So they're going to have a morale test at negative five. Um, and it doesn't matter that, you know, we don't care in that situation that the Flaidmen don't have attachments they are going to lose abilities. We care in that one that we're going to put three wounds, we're going to remove one model of Flaidmen. Because anytime you can take out a model of Flaidmen, I mean, that's a good day. Paid Mutiny. I mean, this card could also be devastating if you had, um, you know, if someone's got Braun, or not not Braun, for example, but someone's got oh, Roderick Cassell or Brendan Tully or the Great John in a unit, um, or um, they've got you know um, John Snow, you know, in a unit uh, in a unit of sworn swords. That's a great way to for him to lose his abilities and to put um, three wounds on that unit. Next card they do they have is uh, Hear Me Roar. When an enemy makes a panic test, that enemy suffers minus one to their roll and an additional minus one for each destroyed rank. If you control the crown, they also become panicked. So, I don't know, look at, you know, they've got a unit of outriders, you know, sitting next to a corpse pile. And they have to take a panic test, they took a wound. I mean, you can, you can, and you can give them... You know, a minus a minus two between the corpse pile and this on their on their morale roll, on their morale roll, panic test roll, and they're gonna lose more guys. And you can also see there's really two zones you're primarily concerned with with the Lannister Tactics deck, and that's the crown and the money. And that's kind of a good combination if you're fighting the Night's Watch because you you're gonna want to be on the money, and you're gonna want to be on the crown because you don't want Night's Watch getting that money. Um, what else? Counterplot, one of my favorite cards. Um, Counterplot says when an opponent plays a tactics card, roll a die. On a 3+, plus, cancel the effect of that tactics card. If you control the crown, you may re-roll this die. So again, I mean, um, let's just pick a crazy situation. Say 
you know, um, Night's Watch are playing Take the Black, and they want to steal, you know, Tyrion for their unit, you know. Um, well, play this card, block them. Feel the crown, you got two chances. Um, you got very good odds of, of making a three-plus roll um, to, you know, deny the effects of the enemy's tactics card. And the last one, but not least, is fealty to the crown. So when an enemy fails a panic test, which as many panic tests as the Lannisters are going to give enemies throughout a game, we're going to hope they're going to fail quite a few of them. For each model removed by this test, restore one wound to a friendly infantry unit in short range of that enemy. If you control the crown, that unit may restore up to two additional wounds. So... Um, this is awesome. Like I said in the previous episode, we like to sit on objectives and hold them with guardsmen and halberd ears. I mean, how great is that? You know, you give you give three wounds to you know an enemy. It's like a, you know, even I don't know who would be attacking. Like say berserkers, which would be rare because they have such a low morale test. But say they take three wounds from a panic test. Well, we get to automatically restore three wounds to our halberd ears holding that objective that were attacked by the berserkers. Um, if we control the crown, we can we can put five wounds back on. So people talk about the Vaughn and healing abilities of, you know, some of the other armies. Yeah, it might be a little easier for them, but I mean, we have just as much ability between like, you know, the Sparrow, the High Sparrow. I called him the Old Sparrow earlier, but you know, the High Sparrow, um, and um, Felty to the Crown. You know, we have the means to. Um, we really have no excuse for losing the game. Um, our cards are just that good. And our units are just that good. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, unit attachments. And we're going to go over um, some of the ways I can help you know certain units. And so, uh, hang on. We'll be right back. Alright, so let's start having some fun with um, attachments for the Lannisters. First off, let's look at Gregor Clegane, Lord Tywin's Mad Dog. This is Gregor Clegane, the infantry attachment aversion. The infantry attachment version. So he has inhuman strength. So this unit's melee attacks roll plus two dice and gain sundering. So um, defenders suffer minus one to their defense rolls. And it also has uncontrolled rage, so this unit must always declare a charge action if able. Um, that's the only part I'm kind of leery about. I mean, kind of leery about. It just kind of depends on where you're at in the game. But I can see smart players trying to um, tempt you into a charge. You know, kind of break your lineup a bit by forcing you to charge. But with that being said, um, the plus two dice and gaining sundering. That goes a long way to um, possibly destroying that unit on the first hit if you have them attached to the right people. So, Mountain's Men, for example, they have eight attacks hitting on threes. And they also have critical blows. So, rolls of sixes cause two hits, and they're vicious. So, defenders suffer minus two to their panic tests. You know, if you have Gregor Clegane, you know, attached to the Mountain's Men, when they charge, when they attack, they're going to be attacking with 10 dice, and they're going to have Sundering, so minus one to the defense save rolls, and they're going to have Critical Blow, and they're going to have Vicious. 
that's that really that really can't hurt somebody. It really can't. And and if you deploy carefully, and you can you can more than likely more than likely if you deploy carefully, and and you concentrate on what you're doing, you can keep him from getting suckered in suckered into charges. You know you can you know before his unit activates, you can charge that enemy unit with one of your other units to block line of sight and then bring up you know Gregor and his mountains men in the following round to do cleanup or you know to, to really hit the enemy enemy and make him pay another unit that would be really fun to do with Gregor would be um, pyromancers you know you attach Gregor to the pyromancers you're you're giving the pyromancers eight dice in melee instead of six um, you're also getting vicious and the, and the defender doesn't get any defense save rolls so what you're doing when you add him to is you're basically just adding two more wounds to what the uh, you're adding you know, two more potential wounds what the pyromancers are going to do when they hit um, this is one you really have to be careful of and watch though because even though you're going to hit like a freight train when you hit somebody you really really have to be careful that um, due to Gregor's uncontrolled rage you don't get baited into into a charge that leaves your pyromancers in a very vulnerable situation because pyromancers know with only a defense save of six they're they're extremely vulnerable you know if they get multi-charged in a round to you know being destroyed before you get your use for them and being a seven point unit one of the more expensive units in our army we really we really want to respect their abilities and we really want to take care of those guys so that's um that's Gregor. Next up, we're going to look at his brother, Sandor Clegane, the Hound. You know, I love the Hound in the TV show. I love him in the books. He just doesn't give a crap. I mean, he's he doesn't want to be a knight. He just uh, he just loves loves combat. And he loves um, sharing the pain he's experienced in the world with others. So Sandor Clegane, he has the Hound's fury. So when he makes a melee attack before rolling dice, this unit's melee attack gain plus one to hit and vicious. If it does, after this attack is completed, this unit suffers D3 wounds. Another important um, part of this attachment is whoever he's attached to is considered a House Clegane unit. And that's important as like in the first episode we talked about um, Gregor Clegane as a commander. And how a lot of his tactics cards, well, in fact, all of them, gave significant benefits to a unit and, you know, better abilities if they were a House Clegane unit. Well, I mean, you stick in with Pyromancers. Now, the Pyromancers in a Greater Clegane army are going to get those benefits because they're going to be considered a House Clegane unit. Um, the plus one to hit is going to help the Pyromancers because now instead of hunting on threes, they're hitting on twos. It means they're not going to miss. So... He's one of those things we talked about when we talked about the Pyromancers. He's one of those attachments that will guarantee you, um, you know, six attacks, six wounds. I mean, you might get one yourself, but, you know, six attacks, six wounds. That's him. Um, you know, suffering D3 wounds, it's not a super big deal. I don't feel like it is anyway, personally. Because um, I think, like, with the Pyromancer, you're dealing six. So, I mean, you might have a chance to take D3 wounds, but you're going a long way to kill an enemy unit. It doesn't matter. And like we said, we have cards, and 
and the the money on the zone on tax board can can you know we can, if you have to admit it you can you can replenish those losses so that's not a huge price to pay for Sandor Clegane. You know Sandor could also work with he could also you know work with the Mountains men. Now the Mountains men are hitting on twos, eight attacks hitting on twos. I mean, anytime you're hitting on twos, you're only missing on ones, and a charge you to reroll your misses. I mean, come on, that's that's awesome. Um, he would even be. I mean, you know, put him with halberds. Now they hit on fours. Now they're hitting on threes. Now I have seven attacks hitting on threes. Um, and the ability Sandor Clegane has isn't an order, so you can use it multiple times. So, you know, you have Sandor Clegane attached to a unit of halberds. The halberds, you know, get charged. They're unengaged. They play their order set for charge, like we talked about. You know, then, then you get seven attacks at the enemy with a plus one to hit, you know. So you're hitting on threes, and they're going to be considered vicious, so the enemy's going to suffer minus two their panic test when they take it. And halberds anyway have sundering, so there you go. I mean, you've got seven attacks, hitting on threes, minus one defense saves, and minus two to their panic test, all for the low price of just, you know, D three wounds when it's over. I mean, Starks, the Starks, uh, sworn swords do this every time. I mean, Stark players don't even, they don't even blink an eye at you know the possible D three wounds to get the benefits of Stark fury. Um, you know, you put these guy. you put, I would not put him with crossbowmen, it's kind of a waste. I mean, crossbowmen have, what, five attacks? Hitting on, hitting on, I think, uh, what is it? Yeah, crossbowmen are hitting on fours, you're only going to get five attacks. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't see a situation where you would want, where you would even need or it would be worthwhile to put, like, Sandor Clegane in with guardsmen. Or with crossbowmen, but that's just me. But I mean, he's a great attachment, and he's especially comes in useful if you're running um, Greg Clegane as the army commander. Because again, you know, any unit his with like those halberdiers become house Clegane units. Those pyromancers become house Clegane units. So next up, we're gonna look at uh, the assault veteran. Assault Veteran, has, he's only one point. The Assault Veteran has an order that says hold the line. So if this unit began the turn engaged, this unit's melee attacks gain plus one to hit, and they roll plus two dice this turn. So again, I mean, who, who are you thinking for this unit? Exactly, you know, you're thinking Pyromancers. You know, because they begin this turn engaged, Assault Veteran plays his order. You know, it's they're going to, instead of six attacks, they have eight, and they're gaining plus one to hit, which means they're going to be hitting on twos, which means... You know, adding Assault Veteran to Pyromancer is going to give you eight wounds on the enemy every combat as long as you're at full ranks. I mean, you could put an Assault Veteran with the Mountains Men. I mean, you can put him with anybody, really. I mean, he works great. You know, so the Mountains Men are going to be hitting on twos as well. And they're going to be throwing ten dice instead of eight. So ten dice, you know, hitting on twos with, you know, sixes causing two hits and, you know, causing minus two to the enemy panic test. I mean, we can seriously we can seriously do some serious face wrecking with these guys, with that guy. I mean, he's great. I mean, you can even 
put him with Lannister Guardsman. I mean, usually the way I use Lannister Guardsman, like I said before, is I like a guard captain with him because he's going to be holding objectives. That's his mission. He's not out, you know, hunting the enemy. But, I mean, you know, for fun, you might want to take him with, with, with the Guardsman. I mean, it would give them, you know, instead of uh, six attacks hitting on fours, they're going to have eight attacks hitting on threes. I mean, you're turning Lannister Guardsman and mountain Mountainsmen. You're turning a, you know, a five-point unit, you know, into you know, something that hits as hard as the mountains men do. I mean, they're not going to have, like, critical blow. They're not going to have vicious. But still, they're going to hit seriously pretty good for the guardsmen. I mean, it changes the guardsmen around a little bit. And not only that, but you get the benefit of the 3-plus armor save. Kind of a tank. Next attachment, we're going to change gears a little bit. One of the Jamie Lannister attachments, the maimed hostage. This is probably one of my favorite guys to play because he's just so annoying to the enemy. He has the potential to cause uh, between 6 and 18 hits on the enemy throughout the 6 rounds of a game. And I'll explain to you that in a minute. Um, how Jamie Lannister works, the main hostage, he costs 2 points. Before deployment, you attach Jamie to an enemy infantry unit, ignoring all attachment restrictions. So you can stick Jamie in an enemy unit that already has an attachment. So he's a valuable captive. So when you destroy this unit that Jamie's in, it's worth an extra victory point. So instead of one victory point, you know when you destroy him, you're getting two. And it also makes it nice because, as you'll see, um, at the end of each of its activations, this unit suffers D3 automatic hits. At the end, not the beginning. So at the end of the activation, they, they suffer D3 automatic hits. I mean, they get saves for him, obviously. But still, I mean, you have a chance to, to do some wounds there. So on what could possibly be the most valuable enemy unit you want to destroy you're slowly eating away at them for like the first three or four turns of the game um, and you know this this ability I mean you know the guy's down to three models on his base and you know you roll high and he rolls crap army save armor saves I mean you can wipe units out with, with Jamie Lannister the maimed hostage and he's annoying to play against because no one wants to put something like that in their unit. When they build their armor list, they're not expecting or, you know, having a desire to have a, you know, a vengeful captive, you know, in their miss. All right, now we'll talk about the other Jamie Lannister, the Young Lion. You know, we have Jamie Lannister as a, as a commander, so he does uh, counterattacking, known for like the counterattacking thing. Then you got Jamie Lannister, the main hostage, and he's, you know, going to put automatic hits on random number of automatic hits on the enemy at the end of their activation every round well Jamie Lannister the young lion he has boldness and courage so on melee attacks so when this unit makes a melee attack it is always treated as having additional rank so if it already has full ranks it gets a roll plus two dice so again you could put him with pyromancers you know say they're say they're uh, down a rank they'll be treated they'll still get their full attacks um, you know, and if he's with them, if they're at full ranks already, instead of six attacks, they're getting eight attacks. You can put Jamie, I don't know, put him with guardsmen, give him, you know, eight attacks versus six. You run, you run him with the mountain's men. Now they're getting 10 attacks on threes. I mean, Jamie, he's a two point guy. Um, I haven't used him too much. It's kind of hard to squeeze in the list, but I think, you know, when we get to higher point games, he's going to be a lot of fun to use. Now one of my favorite guys, Tyrion Lannister, the Giant Slayer. He actually comes with two orders when he's attached to a unit. 
And that's important to remember orders. Like, you know, our assault veteran, their ability is in order, so you don't use it once around. Um, whereas, like, Jamie Lannister, Boldness and Courage, he uses it every time. It's not in order. Um, so Tyrion Lannister has two orders he can use once around. Um, the first one is called Adaptive Planning. So while this unit is engaged, you may expend a condition token on enemy, on an enemy engaged with this unit as if it were any other condition token. So that's what we were talking about, like with Pycelle, the weakened token. You know, the enemy's got a weakened token on him, the weakened token on him, and, you know, Tyrion's attached to, you know, Mountain's men. And they really want to finish off this unit, but the guy, you know, um, rolled some pretty good defensive dice, you know, well, that's okay, because you can treat the weakened token as vulnerable. Make him, you know, re-roll those successes, those defensive successes. And hopefully, you know, finish off that unit or really hurt him. His second order ability is called Counter Strategy. So, when an enemy engaged with this unit uses an order or is targeted by a tactics card, you roll a die. On a 3+, plus, you cancel the effect of that order or that tactics card. So, I mean, um... I mean, you can use it for sudden charge. You know, it starts when I charge a sudden charge. Well, you know, not so fast. Um... Well, actually, it can't be a sudden charge because it has to be with an enemy engaged with this unit. So, you know, I we'll look at the other other factions have to charge later on, but another order. So, I mean, say you know the Starks want to use. Um, let's look and see. Um, I don't know. Say, who knows? You get the idea, though, right? I. I'm located easily far away from my uh, cards, and I'm not going to be able to get there. So give me one moment, and we'll finish off the attachments. All right, we're back. Sorry about the confusion. So in regards to Tyrion, as far as his um, counter strategy, like you might want to block, you know, Northern Ferocity, which would give the enemy, you know, Sundering, you know, when he's attacking you. You might want to, you know, you're being attacked by... You know, Stark, you know, with, with the Sworn Sword Captain, who's got, like, the Order of Martial Training, which, um, after attack dice are rolled, the enemy becomes vulnerable. Maybe you particularly don't feel like having Tyrion's unit become vulnerable. Well, you play your counter-strategy order, and, you know, on a roll of 3+, you know, he doesn't get to do it. It's no good. You, you render the extra point you spent for the Sworn Sword Captain, at least in that turn, you know, for not. Next up, we're going to have um, Gregor Clegane, the Mounted Detachment. It's called the Mounted Behemoth. His his ability, which isn't in order, is Unstoppable Fury. So when he's in a unit and they charge the enemy, the enemy's going to become panicked. Um, and that just means, as you know, that if they have to take a panic test, which they're going to have to, um, they're gonna have to. Re you can force them to re-roll their successes on the panic test to hopefully, you know, hope so. Hopefully they'll fail and they'll take additional wounds. Also, when this unit makes a melee attack, it deals D3 additional wounds. So I mean, the only unit he can really be attached to at this time, as far as Lannister units goes, is the Knights of Castle Rock. So you you have Knights of Castle Rock. They're charging. They're bringing nine dice to the table. You know, they're hitting on threes. They have critical blow. They have sundering. Well, 
imagine all that, and plus the enemy's going to become panicked, and plus they're going to gain, you know, D3 additional wounds. I mean, combined with Knights Castle Rock, they're 11 points. There's one point more than Flaidman, but, I mean, my gosh, would they hit hard with this guy. Um, his order is Overrun. So when this unit destroys an enemy, which very likely it will, when this unit destroys an enemy instead of maneuvering, this unit may pivot and make a free charge action again. So, I mean, you, you, you potentially can get two charges, you know, out of your knights in one turn. And when we talked about the knights, we talked about, you know, your goal with the knights would be charging as many enemies as possible throughout the game. So this is a very good attachment to um, add to the Knights of Castle Rock. I mean, you as a last army, you got your, you know, defensive guys are going to be holding objectives. Um, you want some hard-hitting units to really, you know, kill kill that unit of great axes or or kill those sworn brothers, you know, from the Night's Watch so they don't have a chance to heal up, you know, thanks to Amen or whoever. I mean, Knights Castle Rock with Greg Clegane, that's 11 points. You might say, well, 11 points is a lot to destroy like a 7-point unit. Well, I mean, hopefully throughout the game you're you're going to take out two or three 7-point units. I mean, hopefully, you know, you're, you're spending 11 points to kill, you know, 18 or 20, 21 points of the enemy. Finally, last but not least, we're going to talk about the guard captain. We talked about him briefly in the previous episode when we were talking about the uh, Lannister Guardsman. So the guard captain has an order. Once again, can only be used once per round. So if, you're, if your guardsmen get attacked multiple times in one turn, um, you're not going to be able to, uh, or multiple times in a round, you're not going to be able to use this order more than once. So it's at any cost. If this unit would fail a panic test, kill one model in this unit to automatically pass this panic test. Now we talked a lot about how, you know, Tywin can add Lannister Supremacy unit, the, you know, the, the Guardsmen have Lannister Supremacy, and we talked about how one of the strengths of the Lannisters is the ability to put wounds on the enemy in their own turn, because those add up. And when you combine, you know, us putting wounds on the enemy in their turn, as well as, you know, like our Pyromancers, our, mountain, our Mountains Men, our our mountain that rides, our our uh, halberdiers, you know, our Knights Castle Rock. We know we have plenty of plenty of ability to put wounds on the enemy in our turn. Also, it just just icing on the cake. So those are the attachments. Those are some of the some of the good, better uses for those attachments. And that's all pretty commonly known. And um, so that finishes up. We've gone over in these two episodes now the units. Commanders, the tactics cards, the NCUs, the attachments. We've talked a little bit about all that stuff. Um, the next episode we're going to do, we're going to look at specific enemy units in the segments. We're going to take a look at Flayed Men. We're going to take a look at um, Night's Watch Veterans. We're going to take a look at, uh, you know, the Bastard Girls. We're going to take a look at, um, we're going to take a look at uh, how to combat, you know, Ruse is an enemy commander. We're going to look at, you know, how how's best to deal with um, great axes with Brendan Tully. Those are the kind of things we're going to look at in the next and following episodes. And on top of that, next week, hopefully, I'll get to see some of my uh, clubmates. And I'll bring my handy-dandy uh, digital recorder with me. And I'll get to pick some of their brains. I mean, we, we have the opportunity to maybe you'll get to speak with, you know, Roos Bolton himself, you know, we'll get to speak with, you know, um, Tywin Lannister. We'll get to speak with um, Jon Snow. We'll get to speak with, uh, you know, Eddard Stark. I mean, 
all these guys are in my game group and and they are really good with these armies and and they have played many games and they know them inside and out and they know what works and what doesn't and we'll try to you know trick them through uh creative interviewing into uh giving us some of their secrets so that we can learn how to defeat them a little easier on the battlefield so anyway i hope you guys had a merry christmas and happy holidays and i hope you enjoy this episode and um probably get the next one out in probably a week or so but until then um just enjoy your life and have a good one all right bye